0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests of the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050.
1: It is time for
2: Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show To the west, who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb, tens of thousands on his lawn, he's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live, here is your warning the topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a Dow movie talk on a boardwalk, shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining, turn up the station, there's no more waiting. Show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco.
3: Slackers. Good morning. Ontario, good morning Toronto, I know you're listening, and yes, I love you too, all of you, except one, there is one of you that I don't, it's not love for you, the rest, some more than others, but uh, yes, I love you back. If you just tuned in, folks, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here. We meet every single Saturday morning. This is where Slacker Nation congregates. And for those of you that have been listening to the show for years, you know that this is Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars. But I try, I try my best to dedicate the first segment of the show to the car industry because we're supposed to talk about cars. So if, um, if you have a car in your life, if you drive a car, you've seen a car, you've been a passenger in a car, if there's a car in your driveway, if you've ever you know, noticed something with wheels moving down Trafalgar or the QEW, the 403, this is your show. So if you're looking at buying something or if you're looking at trying to trade in something or you need some help deciding Let me help you make that decision. If you want to know what your trade is worth, call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Let me help you. There's only one thing that you need to have for me. If you're going to call the show, you need to have a thick skin. (sighs) Because I don't care about your feelings. So liberals, beware. Carrasco doesn't care about your feelings for the rest. It's okay. We can have a normal conversation. The lines are open this morning and we are going to talk. Mr. McClellan, it's good to see you. What's up? Where have you been for
0: the last little while? Uh, just uh, <clears throat> grinding away. You know, I uh, officially finished my teaching program yesterday, so that's so, are you officially of a teacher? Uh, basically, yeah, pretty much.
3: Did uh, you get so your diploma? Not yet. Your certificate? Not yet. The the official graduation? No. When are you getting it?
0: I think the official graduation's in January. Uh huh. Um, but I am uh, officially done my program now. So, yes, kids of the future, watch out.
3: Kids of the future, watch out. Can you explain to me how come um, universities are not allowed to have convocation, uh, in person, but, uh, people are allowed to go by the tens of thousands to go and watch the hockey game? Well, you know, my son graduated a few weeks ago and they did it all online. They deprived university students from having an actual convocation. Meanwhile, everybody's just getting smashed at the, at the, what is it called? What do they call it now? The Rogers Center? What is it called? The Roger Air Center, Canada yeah. Center?
0: Yeah, Rogers Centre, Canada, uh, Scotia Bank Arena for sure. Scotia Bank Arena—they change the yeah, name every um, six months. I'm I, I'm in agreement with you there, Greg. Uh, that nothing know, makes sense see, these days. I don't see why universities and whatnot can't operate under the same restrictions that those arenas do, right? So that they can have an in-person convocation, because I agree, kids are being robbed of. Uh, very special moment in their lives when they graduate university i know my girlfriend for one graduated her master's back in october and her um graduation was completely like virtual so yeah for sure disappointing i agree
3: well if universities were selling beer for 30 dollars a shot maybe they would allow people to get in there maybe
0: maybe universities
3: should get into the beer business you know you go to the uh, scotia bank carina center you get 30 dollars of beer what
0: well, you know what, what, what you of, <laughs> if we're talking about universities <clears throat> gang in the beer business, I'm pretty sure the University of Guelph has two of their own, but that's a conversation for another day, I suppose.
3: <laughs> they have two beers that like commercial yeah, beers that they sell?
0: Yeah, yeah. My uh, cousin of mine was used to work in the alumni department there and they had, uh, it might have been like just a special drop for their, I think it was 100th anniversary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did have a couple, they brewed a couple of their own beers there for a little bit.
3: Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure that they don't charge 30 bucks a pop. So That's 2 or $3 dollars a That's beer, yeah. you know, all broke, university students getting smashed on 15 bucks. you know, what are you going to do? And then you complain that you have... Bad activities happening at universities <laughs> when you're getting them drunk with 15 bucks.
0: As expensive as it is, there's people out there that will pay the price, you know? <laughs>
3: mm, yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's terrible.
3: You know, I do have to share something with you. After years and years and years of uh, uh, not full-time searching, but you know, looking for an artist that would do... A big back piece, you know, tattoos. I, I finally, I, I, I found somebody that is going to do uh, some work on my back. So I booked him yesterday. Now, this dude is booked like seven months ahead. So my first appointment with him is in July. Next year, what? You know, when, when you decide what the rest of your life is going to look like, you want it to start right now, right now. That's my problem, you know. It take a long time to decide on things. But once... Once I do, it's like, I, I, I need to get it done right now. It happens to me all the time. I just find clarity in, in, in the process, you know? You know, trying to understand all the pros and cons and things, and like, okay. So this dude um, works out of a chronic ink in Markham, not the one in downtown Toronto oh, or hometown. Mississauga. What's that? My Are you from Markham?
0: I am from Markham, yes. Oh, Born cool.
3: So that was the first time that I went down that side of the world. It's on Kennedy Road and in uh, the 407, just north of uh, Pacific Mall. I, I hear all sorts of things about Pacific Mall. I've never been in there. Apparently, it's quite something. I mean, one of these days I should go and visit. Have you been there? <laughs>
0: uh, I have. It, uh, <laughs> it is something to say the very least. If you're ever in need, if you're ever in need of a of a cheap phone or phone case or macbook repair that is your place to go it is, it <laughs> that is, is the place else. to go it is something else
3: well i, I want to send a shout out to my uh soon to be back piece artist for my um you know for my back tattoo is bks tran from uh chronic inc and in markham uh, i'm looking forward to working with you um you were handpicked out of thousands of people that i have looked at their work and um it's happening i'm, I'm excited but um, I wanted, this morning, I, I wanted to, to address the car industry because um, uh, it's important. So I know that many people that work in the car industry are listening to me right now. I know that they'll never admit it out loud, but it's okay, don't worry. I'm, I'm your best kept secret. You are a Slacker Nation closet member. It's okay. I know. I know who you are. You're, you're waiting for the gospel on Saturday mornings. I love it you know don't there's no need to be ashamed. Maybe one day when I'm gone, you gonna say, oh, I used to listen to the Garazco show every Saturday morning. I miss him now. You know, the other day somebody wrote, you know, you don't care about pictures. You should care about pictures. See if they don't you don't care about them when that's all you have left. When it comes to the show, my voice is all you have. There will be thousands of hours of recorded carasco content because this is this is not scripted folks this is all stream of consciousness i seem to have a lot to say sometimes but you see the industry that i love the car industry is grossly misunderstood a lot of people don't have any clue what goes on in a car dealership it's like a, it's like a fish tank there are little personalities here and there there are things that need to work in order for it to function Um, The first thing I want to say is this. I I need to send a big shout out to my boy, Mark Calvito. Mark Calvito, um, I met him at uh, Henry of Oakville. He was was a lot guy there. I remember him clearly. Um, This was about 10 years ago now. Uh, when I when I met him, we went on a dealer trade. I, I can't remember what we went to get. I think that, you know, stupid me again, buying old Range Rovers and G-Wagons, but uh, he came with me to the auction to pick up a, a Land Rover. I remember this. And I remember having a conversation with him saying, you know, look, kid, you're young, you're good looking, you know, you're well-spoken. What are you doing as a lot guy? You know, you, how long do you want to do this? He says, oh, I don't know. No one wants to give me a chance. So I said, look. If you don't quit this job within a year, I'm going to fire you. I made him a promise. Because it's not cool that you, you know, given the attributes that I see, you know, the, your ability to have a conversation with someone. If you don't do something with your life, I will fire you. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah, of course. He, he doesn't talk that way. In my mind, that's the way that the conversation took place. So anyways, I marked it on my calendar and when the year came, um, I said, Mark, do you remember I told you a year ago? He says, oh, yeah, I remember. And he was all giddy. I said, okay, well, this is it, man. He says, well, I took my OMBIC course, and I, I want you to give me a, a chance as a salesperson. It brought tears to my eyes. So I made him a sales guy. And he's been selling with me for close to 10 years now. In every store that I've ever taken over, he's come with me. He's one of my crew. And um, his loyalty has paid off because he's earned a shot of the title. So Mark Alvito uh, has been just named the new sales manager at Oakville Infinity. Uh, Mark, this is on you, man. This is on you. This is not a favor. This is not a hookup. This is nothing. You earned this. This is your time. This is yours to keep. This is yours to, to, to blow up. Congratulations, Mark, on your new assignment, and uh, I hope that you knock it out of the park, man. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people win. But being a sales manager is a big job. It's a big responsibility that I'm, many people don't understand. So on that note, I want to share with you a couple of things. You see, every single dealership that I have ever worked at, has had some deep-rooted, philosophical questions, if you will, which often cannot be answered by the people who work there. These questions have a tremendous ramification on the ebb and flow of the dealership and potentially can cost people their peace of mind and ultimately their jobs. Let me give you one example. Who is responsible for, we're going to add a few things to the end of that sentence. Who is responsible for checking the kilometers on a trade? Who is responsible for checking the trade? Who is responsible for checking the lien on a trade-in? Who is responsible for knowing the store's closing ratio? And so on, and so on, and so on. What I want to share with you folks, especially, I know that this is pretty esoteric and it's going to uh, resonate only with a few people that work in the car industry that are listening to the show right now, but the lines are open, so you can still talk to me about whatever you want, 416-870-1050 is the phone number, but if you happen to be associated with the car industry or a dealership, you may want to pay attention to what I'm going to share with you on the other side of the break. Folks, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and guess what? At the time of this show this morning, this Saturday morning, because we are live, we still have some inventory available for you. So before it runs out, you need to make it down to the store and get your vehicle before you have to wait for two years to get it. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's taking you back a few years. <sighs> Keepleton. Those who know, know. <laughs> uh, that's going I set the pace for the next few minutes on the Carrasco Show. If you just tuning in, this is the great Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and in Oakville Infinity. We are still the home of the no commission salespeople. And guess what? My salespeople are safe in a time where there are no cars. <laughs> Uh, you can't sell from an empty shelf. Uh, I know that dealers are selling orders right now. And, uh, uh, if you, if you happen to be in the market, um, my, my strong suggestion, uh, and, and some of you listen to me. My strong suggestion is that regardless of the brand that you are looking at buying, of course, I want you to come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. But regardless of the brand that you are buying, do not wait, folks. Do not Wait, because this is not a bubble that's going to burst anytime soon. Um, my prediction is that this shortage of vehicle is going to last between two to four years. I am not joking. I know some of you are going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's gonna go. You know, whenever you get this new variant, this is the, uh, isn't this the the Decepticon variant? You know, very, very soon we're going to have the uh, uh, Unicron variant. <laughs> isn't that one of the Decepticons, Ben? You should be a transformer. Um connoisseur did you ever get into the transformers
0: i uh when i was younger i was a big fan of the transformer movies yes uh but i Not was never you. like uh i was never like a diehard Transformer. Or, well, after, the, f- I after am. What? Y- the well they had the main three movies is that right and then after that they started to come out with these other ones that were just kind of like uh i don't know like the main y- ones with y- megan y- fox shia labeouf like they were pretty good but then they came out with these other ones, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really about it. Ben,
3: you, you need to shut your mouth. You are spewing blasphemy right now. Uh, you know, other than the award-winning performance of some of the actors there <laughs> on the first <laughs> three episodes of the Transformers, I'm talking about a diehard Transformer fan here. I was watching the stuff in the 80s, man, when Megatron was a giant machine gun.
0: Then, then no. Unfortunately, I wasn't. yeah, no. These are the cartoons, you, man. This is the anime know, Greg, from the '80s. As you, What's know, that? Wasn't, as you know, I wasn't really around during the '80s, so <laughs> <laughs> what What are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying? Why did we get into this? Oh, the the uh, the, <laughs> the
3: Unicron uh, variant is soon to become. So we know that uh, COVID nineteen is a is a Decepticon. <laughs> it keeps mutating into things that we don't even imagine. But, anyways, that's a whole different show about a whole different topic that I. I don't want to get into because I am completely numb to it. I don't care anymore. Uh, But I'm going to talk about things that I care about. I am Optimus Prime. (laughs) Uh, That is true. I am the Optimus Prime of the car industry, and uh, I come in peace. But you know, just because of this peace, uh, that wave that I'm in this morning, uh, I want to answer some very, very old questions in the car industry because nobody wants to take. Ownership of these things. So I decided to put a list together. Um, Yesterday I I did it at the office, and uh, um, my buddy Raj Misri, who is the provider of my drinking festivity, my drinking um, uh, resources this morning. He, you know, he was the one that bought me when I'm drinking. Um, Thank you, Raj. So him and I sat down and we talked about things that are often a big problem in car dealerships. So I'm going to take you through this. And I know, folks, if you don't work in the car industry, just, just indulge me. You know, bear with me. So you can go through the trials and tribulations that people at car dealerships go through every single hour of every single day, even on Sundays sometimes, because some service apartments across the city are open on Sundays. But anyways, here we go. Who is responsible for checking the kilometers on the trade? If the answer is anything other than the salesperson, you, you got some explaining to do, folks. As a salesperson, it's your responsibility to take the keys and go, out, go outside, turn the vehicle on and make sure that the bill of sale, the bill of sale that is going out with the customer, that's, that's a legally binding contract.
1: You got some has,
3: explaining to do. <laughs> has the accurate kilometers that the trade has in. Nobody else is responsible for this. If you happen to see a trade-in kilometers of 87,000 kilometers, zero, 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 it's a lie. It's not true. You didn't go out. You're lazy. Don't be lazy. There is a very, very seldom you see a vehicle that has exactly 87,000 kilometers. It doesn't happen. So if you are a sales manager and you want to make sure that the kilometers were actually checked, you know, just, you know, that's, that's a... The first clue that you need to know. Second, who is responsible for checking the trade? Okay. That is the sales manager. The sales manager needs to go outside, do a complete walk around, look at the tire depth, look at the doors, look at the windshield, look at the bumpers, make sure that the vehicle is everything that you've been told that it is. Nobody else's responsibility. It's the sales manager responsibility to check in the trade. Who is responsible for checking the lien on a trade? This is going to create some controversy, especially amongst the dealership culture. Who is responsible for checking the lien on a trade? Every single lazy, and I'm not going to say incompetent, because they've be just mis- misguided. Every single lazy sales manager in GSM in the city is saying, who's of the responsibility of the business manager? No, it's not. No, it is not. I'll tell you why it's not. Because before you can accurately put a value on a trade, you need to know how much money is owed on the vehicle that's getting traded in. Now, if the vehicle is on a lease, you cannot trade it in. Unless certain things are met. So the person responsible for checking the lien on a trade-in, it is always the sales manager before it goes into the business office. End of story. Who is responsible for knowing the store's closing ratio? And I can tell you this, folks. Most people, most stores do not know what an accurate or their accurate closing ratio is. And that is something that we often forget. As a general manager, you need to inspect what you expect. And sometimes there are so many things happened at once that you forget, you blink and two or three weeks go by. But the person responsible for knowing what the store's closing ratio is should always be the general sales manager. Always. Because if you don't know what your batting average is, how would you know if you're doing a good job? How would you know if you need to spend more money advertising or you need to spend more money training? This is the only way you will answer those questions. Now look at this. Who is responsible for making sure that all the paperwork is accurate before it goes into the finance office? Is it the salesperson? Is it the general sales manager? Uh Uh-uh, it's your sales manager. Your sales manager should 100% of the time go to the finance manager and say here, this is a complete package of all the things that you need to be able to perform your job properly. Whether it's the guest sheet, the driver license, the pink slip of the insurance, the complete worksheet on the deal, all the items that were given to the customer, all the things that were promised, all the terms and conditions, you need to present this to the business manager in order for them not to make a mistake. Business managers are not clairvoyants; They can't read minds. That needs to be done by the sales manager. And I advise every single business manager across the province that if somebody brings you an incomplete deal, just toss it out. Like, just toss it out. Throw it up onto in, the shore. just Get out of here. Guess how many times they're going to bring you an incomplete deal after that. Because if you accept once a deal that doesn't have all the paperwork... Guess who's going to be on the hook when that file is not paid? Guess who's going to be on the hook when that deal can't go through and cannot be delivered because of missing documents? Guess who's going to be on the hook? You. So it is your job to not accept a file if it doesn't have all the pertinent paperwork. Who is responsible for confirming appointments? And this is a point of contention among salespeople and the car business in general. It is not the salesperson who is responsible for confirming appointments, folks. It is not. It is the sales manager who is responsible for confirming appointments. Because if, because if you ask any salesperson at any store, any given time, how many appointments you have on Saturday, the common answer is three. Hey, John, how many appointments you have today? Four. Are they confirmed? No. So you have nothing, really. You just made that up. You literally made that up. So just to make sure that your salespeople are being held accountable, the sales manager needs to take that list of all the appointments that you have coming in on a Saturday and call each and every one of those names and phone numbers on the Friday to make sure these people are coming down to see you on a Saturday so you can accurately predict the sort of business that you're going to have happening on the Saturday. Here's another one. Who is, who is responsible for making sure that appointments are being made? That is a sales manager. That is a sales manager. Again, you need to be on your sales people every single day. How many appointments have you made today? How many appointments do you have coming in today? How many appointments do you have for tomorrow and for Saturday? If that is not one of the most fundamental and basic ways for a sales manager to manage his sales. I don't know what else is. Next. Who is responsible for making sure that the guest sheet is completed? Now, folks... The guest sheet is a piece of paper that most dealerships have in which you ask the customer, what is your name? What is your phone number? Where do you live? What do you drive? Why are you here? How many kilometers do you have? Do you lease? Do you finance? Or you own your vehicle outright? Have your needs changed? If today were to go perfect for you, what would that look like? So this is essentially a reconnaissance mission that you go with your customer to see how you can be of help to your people. So only when you have all that information, you can do a good job and provide the consumer the experience that they are looking for. Who is responsible for making sure that that guest sheet is completed? It's the sales manager. No sales manager. Under any circumstance, should ever, ever, ever provide numbers to a salesperson who hasn't conducted the most basic thing in the car industry, which is to do a qualification or the guest sheet, as you want to call it, or reconnaissance mission, if you understand the term. That is a sales manager. You do not give numbers to your salespeople unless you have this information available to you because otherwise you're just taking a shot in the dark. You have no idea what you're aiming at. Therefore, you would never be able to hit the targets. Salespeople out there, if you listen carefully, most customers will tell you what they need to be sold. But many people don't want to listen and that's a big problem. Now, look at this. Who is responsible For the averages in the business office. And this is going to create a lot of problems. Who is responsible for the averages in the business office? And I'm going to break some news to you folks. It is not the business manager. It is not. This is one of the biggest misconceptions that you have in the car industry these days in which you hold the business managers accountable for their averages. Do you know how silly that is? You are holding people accountable for things that are completely beyond their control. I'm going to let this sink in. And and this is, I, I know folks, you know, I'm sorry that I'm boring you with this, but some, from time to time, we do need to discuss the industry that I represent. I like to think that I'm a voice of reason within the automotive industry, and that is the reason why this show here is in the first place. If you have any questions about your car, it's fine. You can call me, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. If you're buying a car, leasing a car, selling a car, trading in a car, if you want to squash a car, you can still call me. I'll talk to you. Nobody else wants to talk to you. I'll talk to you. But this is important because many, many stores are getting into trouble with their staff, with excellent employees. And they fail to understand who is responsible for what. You see, in my world, a a finance manager should not and will not be responsible for the averages that you produce out of your business office. You know who the person responsible for this is? It's your general sales manager. And I'm going to explain to you why the general sales manager is responsible for the averages in your business office. I don't care how amazing a business manager is. I don't care how good this person is in explaining the feature advantage benefits of all the products that are being sold in that office. I don't care how proficient a business manager is in breaking down all the financial aspect of the transaction with the consumer. If the dealership doesn't have a culture in which the business office is promoted, it's endorsed, and it's backed up by the salespeople through the sales manager to the GSM, that business manager, that business office will fail. They will fail. And there is a company out there that takes a lot of pride in trying to train F&I managers, coming down to the stores and filling the head of the dealer principals. Oh, you know, your averages are not good. You should sell more life insurance. Meanwhile, they have no idea what they're talking about. And that is something that our industry needs to change. Uh, I know that we have a phone call here.
0: Um, who do we have on the line, Ben? got George from Stouffville. George, you're on the line. George, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning, Greg.
3: How are you, man? I'm well. Is this George hey. from Toyota? Yes, it is.
4: It absolutely is.
3: What's happening, brother?
4: I, uh, I just got to say, you know, I, I can't stress enough what you're saying about, you know, properly having our people listen to our guests and our customers and do a proper needs analysis, understand where the customer's coming from, You know, I've I've been in this business 30 years. I've done everything from lot guy to use car manager to general manager, general sales manager, F&I manager, used car manager. I've done it all. And it all boils down to, you know, you said it. It's all in the salesperson. 90% of the decision is from the customer, from who they're dealing with. And properly writing things down, writing simple things down. Forget about the simple things. How about their name? How about where they live and everything else, what they're driving, where they service their car? Are they happy with their car? Are they not happy with their car? What do they like in their car? What don't they like in their car? Simple things.
3: It's, you know, George, this is its like a date. You know, you go out on a first date, you know, you 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 discover information. You know, why is it that your last relationship didn't work? So that way you don't make the same mistake and, and at least you know if somebody's not compatible with you, you know right away. But I have a question for you, George. You've been a business manager before, right?
4: I've been everything, yes.
3: Okay, so let me ask you something. Do you think that the success of a, of a business manager can be as high as it could be if they don't have the support of the general sales managers sales managers and salespeople. impossible so why do you think that dealerships why do you think that dealerships insist in holding business managers accountable for something that has got to do with culture and not to do with
2: skill the best thing
4: a business manager can be is a coach just like any manager you sit down with your players you discuss better ways to of our people, discuss different strategies, discuss different problems and different scenarios and how to handle them better, kind of what you said. Any manager is a coach as far as I'm concerned, okay? And the salespeople are up, Are all the players just like on any sports team. And you know what? Everybody makes mistakes for sure, but you got to learn from them and become better. And, and,
3: Those are some wise words, George. Folks, if you're looking to buy a Toyota, you need to see my buddy, George, at Stouffville Toyota. He, he does an amazing job on social media, man. And let's, let's just call it for what it is. You want to sell some Toyotas today? Let's go and visit my buddy, George, there. If you live up in that side of the world, go and see him. George, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show, man. Keep up the great work, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You see, that's, a, that's an old-timer in the car industry. Uh the, the, My mentor uh worked his way all the, all the way up to a general manager of a Nissan dealership back in the day. And at one point he said, you know, this is enough, man. This is enough of brain damage for me to be up here running a store, you know, potentially losing my marriage and so on. He just decided to go back to sales. You know, sales is such an interesting thing to do. I don't know if I want to do car sales when I retire. Man. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I do... I may take piano lessons full time and just do jujitsu for like five, six hours a day and just like end up with black eyes every single day. It's amazing. You know, I took an
0: elbow to the eyeball the other day and it's like I'm wearing eye shadow. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I can. (laughs) For those, obviously, (laughs) nobody can see Greg at the moment other than me. Uh but yes, it is uh he sent me a picture this morning. It's, it is quite something. it's quite
3: something. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite it's quite something. But you know, I, I wanna I wanna finish off on what I'm talking about, who is responsible for the averages in the business office. Uh, because I think it's important that we get this straight. But um let's take a short break. Uh don't forget folks that if you wanna come and see me, I live at Oakville Nissan and in Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople and we still have some product left. Don't wait, folks. It may be too late. You may have to wait four, five, six months for you to get your car. Come and see me. We'll be right back. I need to send a big shout out to the show's biggest fan, Mr. Cathcart. Mr. Cathcart takes a great, great deal of pleasure just sending me emails every single Saturday, hanging into every word I say on the show. I love it. It's amazing. Gotta love these people to listen to a voice coming from the radio. It's like, oh, I know this person. I know who they are. I know what they stand for. Let's just criticize them and tear them apart on emails. Let's not care about them. (laughs) How crazy people need to be, Ben, how crazy are people? He's the number one fan, I love it. Anyways, so before the break, and we only have a few minutes, I, I, I just want to wrap that last topic up. Who is responsible for the average in the business office? This is very important, folks. You know, stop making the mistake of holding your F&I managers accountable for something that is part of the culture. The GSM, the sales managers, are the ones that Im- implement the culture for the sales department. And if they don't have the support of the sales people all the way up, this, they will never, ever, ever be able to succeed. Now, this is an answer uh, to Mr. Cathcart, because you know, he was commenting about the culture. Who is responsible for the enforcement of the process in the culture for the entire organization? That is the general manager. You see the fish rots from the head down. And if the general manager was not on point, if the general manager is not keeping an eye and, and, and inspecting every single thing that is expected from every one of the people that work within the organization, the organization will fail. Who is responsible for setting the delivery times when the customer comes and pick up the vehicle? Is it the salesperson? Is it the sales manager? No, 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 no. This is the F&I manager. They need to set the delivery time, and that needs to be respected. And if for whatever reason that changes, you need to be able to communicate this all the way up the ladder so everybody knows that our delivery time has been changed. And that becomes a big problem, because if you don't communicate, the car may be cleaned five days before it's supposed to, and it's not going to be spotless when the consumer comes and pick it up. Next, who is responsible for letting somebody go? Who is responsible for the termination of someone within the store? All I can say to you is this, the person who should terminate anyone is the person who hires them. The person who hires is the person who fires, and that's the end of the story. Who is making sure that the get ready and delivery times are set on time? That is the salesperson. Who is responsible for the lot? And the way the lot looks, that is the general sales manager. You walk in, you see, this is your showroom. The outside showroom and the indoor showroom. This is your showroom. This is where you sell things from. And if that showroom is not up to the standards, th- that's on you. This is all you. Who is ultimately responsible for the store's profitability? This is an important one. Who is ultimately responsible for the store's profitability? Is it the, is it the parts manager? Is it the service manager? Is it the controller? Maybe the sales manager or the GSM? Mm-mm. It's not the market. It's not the factory's fault. It's not the government. It's not the fact that you don't have enough customers. No. Everything, everything that happens at a store stops at the general manager's office. Everything. It is the general manager's responsibility to find a way to lead his or her organization to profitability. And the principal owners need to have the responsibility of giving his or her general manager enough runway to make sure that the store takes off. How long is that gonna be? Well, that's up to them to decide, it's their store. They make those decisions. But when everything stops, at the end of the month, when you need to put all your chips where they're supposed to and when you need to look at the financial statement and go through each and every line of your balance sheet, the ultimately response the, the person that's ultimately responsible for the profitability of that organization is nobody else than the general manager and that's the reason why the coach always gets fired first <laughs> they don't blame it on the players Because the general manager is responsible for the culture, is responsible for accountability, is responsible for the enforcement of the process, is responsible for everything. That's the reason why his title says general manager. He manages everything. Unfortunately, general managers can't be at all times 100% of the time, and that's why They have department managers, and that's the way it trickles down. But I can tell you this. If you work at a store in which the general manager doesn't get up from their chair to talk to a customer, if you work at a store in which the general manager doesn't get up from his office and go on a test drive to find a noise coming from the side vent on a service vehicle that's driving a customer crazy, if you work at a store in which the general manager is unwilling to talk to a parts customer because the part is taking too long. If you work at a store in which you do not remember the last time you saw your general manager getting up, taking a an nap, and selling them a car from the beginning to the end. Maybe it's time for you to reassess where you work. Because you're not being led you are not being led. You are being bossed. And that's the difference between a boss and a leader. You've seen the memes. You've read the literature. You know, the boss is from the back giving orders, barking orders, commanding. Demanding. The leader is in the front in the trenches with you. Is with the mud up to his neck every single month in the trenches, knowing exactly what his troops are going through. Because only when you know what your troops are going through, you can understand the trials and tribulations that your staff are going through. And then, maybe then, you will understand what you need to do in order to make your organization successful. Make no mistake about it, people everything that happens at a store is the fault of the general manager unfortunately that's the gig that is the job oh no you know that person didn't do the job properly no no, no it's you it's you you take ownership you must take ownership of the good but more importantly the bad because it happened under your watch You were the ones that were set in place by the principal owner to keep an eye on the realm, to keep an eye on the business, to, to, to keep watch. And if you are unable to do that, well, you got some problems there. You got some problems. I have seen throughout my career people that tell you to do things that they have never done before. Folks, if you haven't done the job, you need to stop. If you haven't done the job, you have no idea the price that needs to pay for somebody to be able to execute what you're asking them to do. And on that basis, it's your responsibility to spend enough time with your people to understand what they go through. That's the reason why people go to school and study this stuff. You know, when I was working at 401 Dixon in Nissan, and I ran the largest Nissan store in the country at the time—it's not anymore, unfortunately—but it was the largest Nissan store in the country. I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know why or how. I didn't even know that I could repeat it. That's why I went to university and studied this stuff, so you can duplicate it. I added theory to my practice, so now my practical experience could be duplicated, and that gave me a competitive edge. That has changed my career. For those of you that work in the car industry, I hope that the last hour of this show has answered some questions for you, because I know this applies to everyone. If you are in the car industry, if you know anyone that works in the car industry, you should be actively encouraging to listen to the show, to download the podcast, subscribe to it. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Google Podcasts. The Greg Carrasco Show, subscribe, you will get it without commercials, without interruptions, it's straight out content. You may not agree with everything I say, but this is almost 30 years of practical experience. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we have the money whiz coming on the other side of the hour. Money Mike is gonna join us. Let's take a short break, we'll be right back.
0: I've been a rich man and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every
2: time. Yeah uh, Uh-huh yeah it's all about the Benjamins, baby
5: uh, Uh-huh yeah it's all about the Benjamins, baby and
3: we're, and we're back If you, are, you are just tuning an an in folks I'm getting an echo here from some reason but I, I think it's done now uh, if you just tuning in, folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show that from time to time brings important people to the show. And uh, every other week, we are joined here by um, a money wizard. He is my personal financial advisor that uh, took me out from obscurity into into the light. He forced me. He slapped me into some slapped some common sense into me and uh, made me realize that my ability to generate income did not mean that I had the ability to retain that income. So if you happen to be one of those ones, conscientious, high producers, you may want to write this information down. You can reach him at moneymike.ca. Again, moneymike.ca. Or you can call him at 905-320-6762 after the show. Not in the show. He's on the show right now. So again, moneymike.ca or 905-320-6762 is when you can call him afterwards. So if you happen to be sitting on a pile of cash and you don't know what to do with, or you have a lot of money in your savings accounts, no, 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 that's a bad idea. You should call Mike. Mike is going to put you in the road to financial success. Good to see you, Mike. How are you?
6: It's good to be seen. You know, I, I get a little bit nervous every time you say from time to time I have someone important on the show. I always look over my shoulder to see who's standing behind me, and then I remember I'm at home, and so, so there's, there's just me. Yeah, so uh, an introspective week has it been, Mr. Carrasco, the big five zero.
3: I know, man. I know. It's, uh, I'm 10 days into my uh, you know 50th year. It's, it's a bit... Um,
6: Second half century.
3: I know, man. This is crazy. Um, You know, you start thinking of what you could have done right, what you've done wrong, and you know, what is it you're gonna change for the next little while? Because you know, I if I what is the Canadian life expectancy now? What seventy-five? Is that what it is?
6: Oh no, 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 no. You're you're talking low, low to mid-eighties for men, and and high-eighties for women.
3: No, man, I don't want to live that long. I'm tired. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm really tired, man. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> at this rate, with the amount of times you're coming in to do the show with your head beaten in from BJJ, <laughs> I don't think I'm not long anyway, my
3: friend. <laughs> well, look at it. I, I, if, <laughs> I'm on the other side of my life now, I look. If if I live the Canadian life expectancy, I only have 35 more summers. That's not a lot. <laughs> That's not a lot. So. But uh, I need to make sure that, that my money lasts me until I am 85, according to you. That's, uh, that is that's...
6: always the problem. You know, I, I have people who will say to me, I'm not going to live to 85. And, of course, mm-hmm. the truth is, if you don't, then your financial concerns are over. Let's not worry about it. But my <laughs> biggest problem is, what if you are still here at 85?
3: I know. Gotta... What if I'm here at 90?
6: We've got to make sure we can pay for that.
3: Oh, dude, man. man. You don't know, imagine how crusty I will be when I'm 90.
6: Oh, I'm already no. crusty. <laughs> no, and that, that's why I was a little concerned that you bought a place in the country uh, as early as you did. I thought, no, no, that's going to be old crusty. Greg is going to need a place very remote so oh, he dude, doesn't man, interact was, with people.
3: I was turning into a Keswickian like, aggressively. I, I, I think that in a previous life, Mike, I, I was born and raised in that side of the country, in Keswick, Sutton, Georgina. I was born up there because... I found myself having things in common with these people out there that I never thought (laughs) I did. You know, I was walking around with an axe uh, in a a Keswick smoking jacket. I'm not joking. I mean, I would walk around my house with an axe just looking for some. The problem is
6: every man carrying an axe, all he can see are the trees around him. Just looking to uh, swim.
3: That's a bit of a... You know, it's... um, it's an interesting metaphor, what you just said. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to take a dive into that nope, one. <laughs> no, no. let's not do that. But, uh, you know, I understand that you were talking to one of my listeners and, uh, you know, potentially became one of your clients. That I did not like the idea that I was looking to buy a Lamborghini.
6: No, no, she was not a fan. She was not a fan. I, I, I told her, no, 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 he very quickly thought better of it. But, um, you know, a, a just a good, sensible, frugal... Uh, person who uh, I guess doesn 't put a lot of value on those kind of luxury cars and was metaphorically smacking you upside the head yeah
3: it's, it's amazing how many people uh they know me they hear this voice uh coming in here every every Saturday and uh, they become friends they become friends with the radio we uh, you know we're in in their homes we are in their head talking sure. to them about important things but uh you know, uh, how was your week? Uh, talk to me, and what, uh, what is it that we're going to talk about this week? Because every week you, you bring some nuggets of experience and uh, you're sure. activating people.
6: Well, you know what? I had a bit of an introspective week myself. Um, I was out uh, at one of your favorite establishments, the Starbucks, uh, which is not a place that I, I frequent. I, I just happened to be in there, and I bumped into an old colleague. Actually, okay. I, this was the woman who hired me. <laughs> to join this industry really Um, yeah and hadn't seen her in oh I I can't even imagine 10 years it's been a long time Uh, so sat down and and had a well hot chocolate for myself but anyway uh, had a drink and we just chatted and I mean hours hours flew by but uh, you know Brought back all the the thoughts of when I first joined the industry and you know how things have changed over the years And the funny thing is going through my desk afterward when I came home. I found an old cassette tape Mm -hmm. Those of you on the radio can't see what I'm showing to to Mr. Carrasco. (laughs) Oh, yes So I found a cassette tape. This is from 1998 and this is something that I wrote uh, it was a marketing piece for me. Mm-hmm. I wrote it back in '98. I paid what was huge money for me back then. I paid $500 um, oh, wow. to have um, these tapes. A, yeah, well, no, no, <laughs> not for the tapes. I paid $500 to have a Q107 radio voice do the voiceover for the cassette. He he read the script and and did the cassette for me. I can't remember what I paid oh, wow. for the actual for the actual tapes, but. Um, so I, I created this as a marketing piece and I would send these out to people as an introduction to, to try to start talking to potential clients. And I, I titled the, uh, the topic, the seven deadly sins of planning for retirement.
5: Um,
6: wow.
3: That's ominous.
6: Yeah, it was, yeah, absolutely. It hopefully made you say, man, I really wish I still had a cassette player. you don't so, have
3: play anymore, do you? <laughs> no, no.
6: My my wife still had her old boom box, her oh, old wow. ghetto blaster, down in storage. So we pulled that thing out and dusted it off, and uh, and I, and it played just as sweet as it rolled off the the tape line. It was awesome. But you know, I wanted to review the contents of that tape for the the show now, today. What year was this? This was 1998. You said? Yeah, yeah. So I thought you know, interesting to see a what a, uh, a young pup 25 years ago thought uh, were, were seven points worth mentioning and to see how they might have changed over the years so I gave it a listen and you know it was all of about 12 minutes long so it wasn't uh, too deep but um, had a lot of good points in there some of which uh, are still relevant today some possibly even more relevant so I thought we'd go through that and take a look so
3: well you know take me through it take the listeners through it sure. according to mr laroque what are the top seven deadly sins that people make while planning <laughs> for retirement what is what is number number one let's let's talk number one
6: this. all right so number one as of uh, circa 23 years ago was counting on government pensions for a comfortable retirement
3: you are you saying that i cannot count in the government like
6: Really? No Come well, on, you know what man. The funny thing was, in, in 1998, we felt there was a lot of stress on those government programs. We were concerned about the viability of some of them continuing on through the years. Now 23 years later, the government has made a lot of changes to those those plans. Uh, you know back when I made that tape, we were contributing something like 2.9 percent of our pay to Canada pension plan and our employer was matching it. Uh-huh. and so you know it wasn't a, a ton of money um, especially if you're if you weren't a high-income earner and of course it was always capped so it was just it was something that over time didn't amount to a lot of contributions and we thought there are a number of people out there that are depending solely on CPP and old-age security to fund their retirement to, to live yeah and at that time it wasn't a great amount of money now since then the government's made improvements, so you know now we're contributing. Oh, what's the latest number for CPP? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. But we're we're contributing something like five point nine percent. This and the is the number. mentioned. And and no, not the government. Your employer, or if okay. you're self-employed, you have to pay pay both portions: the employee and the employer portion. Uh, so sorry, as of next year, it's five point seven percent where again, when I re- made this tape, it was only 2.9%. So, okay,
3: so hold on a second, hold on a second. Yeah. So five, let's say 6% of your income. Yeah. But when you retire, everybody gets paid the same. So my contribution is no. significantly greater than somebody that makes less, no?
6: No, everybody contributes proportionately. So 6% uh, uh, contribution by you, 6% by the employer, these are as of 2023 numbers. Um, but it's it's based on your, you know, the maximum pensionable earnings, which for next year is close to sixty thousand dollars. So everybody pays that percentage up to sixty thousand dollars, and then you don't oh, pay anymore, right?
7: I
8: see.
6: So so no, we're all contributing equally, and then the pension that you receive depends on how much of the maximum contributions you made over you know forty years of of your working years. So. It uh, they've they've greatly they have literally more than doubled your contributions. But the other thing they did was they kept increasing the amount of your salary on which you have to make Canada Pension Plan contributions. So explain. Well, you know it's tied to inflation. So every year the amount of your income that you owe contributions on keeps increasing. It's up to sixty thousand. I think back twenty three years ago you were only paying up to like thirty eight thousand dollars of your income and then stopped. You were maxed out, so now they've increased that up to uh, to around sixty thousand. And by 2025, it'll be nearly seventy thousand of your salary that you have to make Canada Canada Pension Plan contributions for. So they've massively increased the amount of money we're contributing. And of course, the other change they made late 90s was you know Canada Pension Plan money used to just be free money for the government. They'd put it into their coffers and they'd, they'd loan it out to you know, another a provincial government for like 2%. And mm-hmm. then they finally realized, damn, we're not growing this money fast enough based on baby boomers you're going to be drawing on it. So finally they started investing the Canada Pension Plan money in the markets. And they've done a phenomenal job with that. So they really preserved the program uh, at a time where we were concerned that it may not continue to exist. So, so
3: are you saying the Canadian pension plan is pretty healthy right now? That uh, is it's it sustainable? It's
6: far healthier. It's, it's very solid. It, it's something you're going to be able to depend on. Still not depend on it as your sole source of retirement income, but you can count on that money. And, How you know, much especially money is
3: for, that? You know, just to refresh the listener's memory.
6: Yeah. Well, the maximum pension right now is around $1,200 a month for CPP. For old age security, it's, it's around six and a quarter a month. So it, it, it is a good base, especially if you have two people in a household who've both contributed the maximum. You know, you're, you're talking about nearly a $45,000 a year base income coming from the government. It's a really healthy base.
3: Now, you don't pay taxes on that or, or you do?
6: Oh, yes. Oh, fully taxable. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so,
3: okay. Yeah. So, so we it's, still have to do what more. It's left, it's going to be probably thirty-five thousand dollars a year. That's what's going to be left after taxes. No.
6: Well, no. I mean, if if that was your only income, that forty-five thousand dollars would practically be tax-free mm-hmm. uh, after six, after you're sixty-five years old. You would get most of that money and, and pay very little in tax on it. That's again, if you have two people that are getting correct the maximum. Yes, but
3: often yeah. at, at the age of seventy-five or eighty, there is only one left. It happens.
6: Oh, of course it does. Of course it does. So yeah, those those and, and you know, your your financial plan needs to sort of account for those dynamics to make sure, you know, if, if anything happens to one of the couple that the survivor's gonna be okay and understand mm-hmm. how those things will change. But that was that was the first one on the, the tape. Don't count on government pensions for a comfortable retirement. Still good advice number, today. Yes, yeah. number two. Number two. Dedicating too many resources to paying off debt.
3: Okay, that Uh, I don't understand. I can't get my head around that because in my mind, uh, debt is bad.
6: Yes. (laughs) I don't know. Yes.
3: Debt is bad. So talk to me.
6: And it's a very uh, common approach and and a a solid approach to say, I don't want to enter into retirement with debt because it just, it takes up my cash flow. Um, And and there are people who are concerned today at the idea of rising interest rates, so anyone who has a lot of debt could be subject to having their payments increase massively if interest rates go up. So debt can be a a, a drain, not only in your finances today, but in retirement. Long run, debt bad. I get that. I get Mm -hmm. that. However, when I look at the number of people who say, I'm concerned with my mortgage. I got to get rid of my mortgage and I say what what's the interest rate you're paying on the mortgage And they say two and a half percent two and a half percent and you're a high income earner and I say okay so so what's more a a bigger number in your mind two and a half percent mortgage interest rate or your fifty three percent tax bracket what's a bigger number
3: I, I have the feeling that you're speaking to me, Mike. So
6: <laughs> I, I, I don't name names. Greg, I do not name names. Okay, I so... shame no one publicly, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but so talk to me. I'm, I'm not a smart man, but 53 sounds like a bigger number than two and a half. Of course. So I think I would much rather make RSP contributions and get a 53% refund than worry about making extra mortgage payments. To save two and a half percent interest. So that's the simple. Okay,
3: thing. let me let me just give you a supposition. Let's say that you have okay. half a million dollars left in your mortgage. Sure. And you have half a million dollars sitting in your bank account. Yes. Are you saying that you should, instead of paying your mortgage, you should just put half a million dollars in your RSPs? And- of
6: course not. Greg, come on now. No, you can't do that because, of course, we have RSP contribution limits and our RSPs are deductible against our income. So it really depends on what our income is in that year. But if you have a half million dollar income, well, putting $200,000 into your RSP would literally get you a $106,000 tax refund. As opposed to putting 200000 on your mortgage, you've saved five grand in, ta- in interest in the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what, do you, what happens with that money once we put it into the RSPs? It's invested and it grows. So again, will those investments earn more than 2.5%? I hope so. I hope you're, you're please, listeners out there, I hope you are not choosing investment options that will earn you less than 2.5%. Do not do that. Especially with well, long term retirement. People, money.
3: people are still doing it. I mean, they think that playing it safe is uh is, is is the only way to go with unstable market. markets have always been up and down all throughout history. But I mean if you you've discussed this on the show so many times in the past. If you look yeah. at historically speaking, over the last sixty years, the market has always yielded what was it at eleven or so percent? Um, according to the, the Oh no, the no, last no. more more like nine. Game,
6: Oh, no, no, U.S. U.S. markets nine percent growth over the last sixty seventy years, and and there are many investments that have done even better than that. But that's you know year in year out, even given all the times it goes down. Um, so yeah, I, prioritizing paying off low interest debt is is not always the best. Now, when I again nineteen ninety eight when I wrote this, there were a lot of of uh, mutual funds back then. That were showing very solid double-digit returns for the previous decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, I, b- I believe in 1998, our company had a US growth fund that had a 10-year rate of return of 20% per year over, over a decade. Wow! And, and interest rates were obviously higher back then, so mortgage rates weren't as cheap as they are today, but still, people were paying you know, four and five percent mortgage rates and that was their priority so focusing too much of your cash flow to pay off low interest uh, debt is not a, a should not be as big a priority as a lot of Canadians make it ultimately is, we want to be debt-free
3: this is so counterintuitive for some people you know especially if you yeah. if you grow out yeah. through the depression or you you went through some mm-hmm. challenges in your life yeah. uh, you know that um, uh, debt is, is a bad thing but there, there is there is such a thing as a good debt uh, if yeah. you <laughs> if you're paying 2% on your mortgage, why would you ever want to pay it off? And this is something that I've been struggling with for a little while. You know, um, yeah. is, is it, that the argument that you're making this morning?
6: It is largely the argument. And, and so essentially what I want to do for my clients is I want to put them in the position to pay off their mortgage, not necessarily to actually pay it off. So, Interesting. It's, uh, yeah, so, you know, again, that was the thinking in, in 1998. Um, you know that back then most people paid off their mortgage in their their late forties to early fifties. Today, you know, oftentimes it's a, it's much later. And if you wait to do the investing you need for retirement until after the mortgage is paid off, you're waiting until your late forties or early fifties. You are missing out on your biggest asset, which is time.
3: Time, yeah. Uh-
6: we got to take advantage of it
3: what about the next one the next one is an interesting one for me because many people don't understand the implications of inflation on uh, on retirement savings and ultimately on the ability that you will have to support yourself when you're old Uh, and that is ignoring inflation which is point number three what do you mean by that
6: ignoring inflation simply means retiring with a fixed income strategy assuming that if you need five thousand dollars a month to live today you will always need $5,000 a month to live. Um, and inflation eats away at your ability to pay. I mean, look around you. And we, I know we've talked about this the last couple of weeks on the show, how prevalent inflation is right now. The cost of everything is going up. And so you need to build a retirement plan that does not ignore inflation, that you know accounts for the rising cost of living to make sure you can afford your lifestyle you know when I again 1998 when I wrote this there were uh, and I literally had this conversation with clients and they all oh yeah I I hear what you're saying in 1998 there were clients telling me that they paid more for their last car than they paid for their first house imagine that imagine that now obviously today housing prices have gotten to ridiculous levels and uh, not too many people who are buying cars that expensive but that was not uncommon in the 90s for my retiree clients to say, oh, yeah, my last car cost me $32,000. I didn't pay that much for my, he- my first house when I bought it. And the that's 60s. the effect of inflation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, in the 60s and in the 70s. So that's the, that's the effect of inflation.
3: But you see the interesting thing uh, Mike is that not not much has changed I mean the figures have actually changed but yes. not much has changed in relation to that you know just uh, I'm going to throw you guys back here I, I remember the first house that I bought I bought it here in the same place that I happen to be living in right now, which is Oak Park in Oakville. I've done this in Trafalgar, you know, I'm a creature of habit. And um, the first house that I bought there on Gatwick Drive, you came into that house at one point. I know you did. Many
6: times, many times. I
3: bought that house for $230,000. Yeah. You cannot buy a house in that road for anything less than $1.2 million today. Yeah, and today, $230,000 is the down payment that I need to put on the house
6: in the same street. And then be mortgaged for the next 30 years. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, you cannot buy a house, I would venture to say, anywhere, save perhaps Saskatchewan, um, for $230,000. You can't do
3: it. Um, you know, if, if, if you could only go back in time, and I still remember those little townhouses on Park Haven, when they, when they first built them, they were selling them for $180,000 each. And I remember having this, you know, argument with myself, hey, maybe I should buy two or three. And my ex-wife at the time says, ah, no, we shouldn't take that risk. It's too risky.
6: Every one of them worth a million dollars today, right?
3: Every one of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Uh, you know, if one of the things that I've learned throughout my life and at the tender age of 50 <laughs> is that uh, if you invest today, it doesn't matter what it is it, it will be worth more tomorrow it, especially if you're looking at a 20 10 or, or 20 years from now it, it, inevitably it will happen because all you need to do is, is look at what you could have bought the same thing 20 years ago in the absence of a crystal ball previous behavior will give you all the answers would you agree to that
6: history is the the best indicator of future expectations for sure for sure. Can't, can't count on things to go the way it did in the past, but it's the only teacher we have.
3: Folks, right now you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We, uh, we have Money Mike. He's my personal financial advisor. and Every other week he comes down and, uh, and, and gives us his wisdom. So if you're looking for a financial advisor or you haven't spoken to one uh, for a very long time because once they take your money, they don't care about you. That's not Mike. <laughs> he will not leave you alone. He's a good guy. You need to reach out to him because that could be the most important phone call that you would ever made for your future and for the future of your kids. You can send him an email at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762. Again, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break and if you want to say something, you can call me live right now. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. But we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back we're back if you are just tuning in you're listening to the greg carazzo show here and uh, with me in the studio is money mike my personal financial advisor the person responsible for putting me in the right path for, for to financial independence and uh, those of you who listen um, are going to be able to change your lives and uh, those of you that call and reach out to mike uh, are going to be able to speed up those changes um and all I do on the show here is try to share some of my life experiences with you all, and, uh, and hopefully I can help somebody be placed in the path of financial independence. So if you want to reach out to Mike, you can find him at moneymike.ca. Again, moneymike.ca, or you can call him after the show at nine zero five. Three two zero six seven six two. That is after the show. And if you want to call the show right now, it's 416-870-1050, Is the phone number. We have Will from Washington. I hope that this is a relevant question, Will. And uh... <laughs> hey, 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 Will, how are you,
9: guys? Um,
10: Greg, Greg, you'll be happy to know that now you're considered a senior at Shoppers Drug Mart. So there's an upside. <laughs> 50 year
3: old thing Uh, listen you walk in (laughs) alignment it's my show i'll hang up on you okay
6: (laughs) (laughs) and will sorry if you could just speak a little louder for greg as well that would be great
10: (laughs) okay i'll get off speakerphone here um, so i've been listening with interest uh mike to Uh. to you you know your your topic about not paying down your mortgage because it's very low interest and rather using money if you can to invest so so I have a question for you. Um, okay. When purchasing, let's say we're purchasing a used automobile, Greg will always advise people not to use the equity in their home, on which, let's say, they're paying 2% interest at, okay. and he, he does not want them to finance a car with that equity, um, and instead they're winding up paying more like 5 or 6%, let's say, on a used car. Yeah. Would why would do you agree with Greg on that? Would you not be better off to, to buy that car using the equity you build up in your home rather yeah. than pay six percent, seven?
3: Well, I'm actually, to let the money person answer that <laughs> question, Will. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a side here, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no I just, the question is for Mike.
6: Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I'm I'm gonna have Greg's back on this one because um, you know Greg is not silly he's not a fool he understands two and a half percent interest is better to pay than six but what Greg's point has always been is he has seen a lot of people who use the homeowners line of credit to buy their cars and they never pay it off and then when it comes time to replace that car with the next car they still owe all the money from the first car so they have to just add to that balance and the debt builds so if you have the discipline to actually pay off your car as you would at a normal car payment time period, then absolutely the line of credit is better to use than a, than a car loan. But if you are not financially sound, if you are not disciplined to pay that off, then having a car loan that forces you to pay it off in a specified period of time is better for you.
3: You know, and uh, if, if I may add on this one here, um, how many people that you know, and there are some of us that will be honest enough to say I'm not disciplined, but how many people that you know will come up to you and say, you know, I'm not financially disciplined? Everybody tells you, oh, don't worry, buddy, I can, I, I can take care of it. And in the car industry, we call this the never, ever plan when people put their cars on the line of credit and they never pay it off.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, you were telling so, me a story, Greg, of a, a person who was redoing their car to get into the latest uh, minivan through Chrysler. And yeah. their loan was now up to $80,000 for their $20,000 vehicle.
3: On a minivan. And in, in somehow, some, yeah. some financial institutions will allow this simply because you have good credit. Sorry, I Will, finish your thought.
11: Yeah.
10: So, so, I have, so, so my question to you then is this, Mike. Given, given what yeah. you're saying, are you suggesting yeah. then if a person uses their equity in their home to purchase a vehicle with a lower interest yeah. rate, that they make additional payments over and above what their mortgage
6: is now to compensate for the added debt? Absolutely. I mean, I know it may sound a little contradictory. Hey, you just said paying off a 2.5% debt isn't a priority. Well, we do want to get it paid off in the long run. I'm just not too concerned about doing it in the short run. But if you're talking about adding to the mortgage to buy a car, I do encourage people to increase their mortgage payment by the amount that the car payment would normally be because this is not so much revolving credit, but it's a revolving purchase need. You're always going to need more cars, and we don't want to just keep tacking that on the mortgage and, and being mortgaged the rest of our lives.
3: That's a very, very valid point. Thank you, Will, for that phone call. And I really appreciate that you, that you made that, that phone call. Thank you, Will. Uh, but right. you know, and, and if I can, if I can add to that, Mike, um, not many yeah. people, you see, the, the problem with home equity line of credits is that they're, they're interest only. So you maintain, you maintain the debt. You just, you, you, you yeah. support it. And, uh, not many people will voluntarily increase the payments to pay off that car that they just put on the line of credit. It's just not something that is done. So they will pay the interest on that amount that they just added to the line of credit, but they never end up paying the car off. And that requires a tremendous amount of self-discipline that not many people have. And that's the reason why we strongly advise against it. Would you agree with that thought? Uh,
6: Again, what I would strongly encourage people is to develop financial discipline, to, to to actually exhibit positive financial habits, um, so yeah, you need to pay that off. You're, you're right, Greg. People just owe money on their line of credit perpetually, and I've had people say to me, "Hey, I'm mortgage-free," and except for the hundred and twenty-five thousand I owe on my line of credit. <laughs> so
3: we have another. Sorry, Mike. We have another phone call here, Grant, yeah. uh, from Cordis. I don't know where that is, but Grant, uh, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. Uh, what is your question? Hey,
7: good morning, Greg. And mike. good morning uh, curtis curtis is just, uh, adjacent to oshawa and oh, cool. uh, so my question is for money mike there uh i'm retired uh, my wife and i are in our mid-70s i converted okay. all my life insurance policies uh into rrsps years ago i am financially comfortable However, okay. I, I retained two life insurance policies, one for my wife, one for myself, just to put us under back in the day, you know? So sure. the policies that we had paid dividends. So what happened was the dividends paid my monthly payments. Now, because right. of the financial... Uh, failure uh that we've just experienced the insurance company is requesting uh that i start making monthly payments again because my dividends aren't covering the cost well right my question to you mike is this would i be further ahead to cash the policies in I I can't really see in my own mind to carry on paying, as I say, I'm in my mid-70s, I can't really see uh, starting to pay for something that basically I don't need.
6: Right. Okay, so there's, there's a few questions. So actually, Grant, what I'm going to suggest is for you and I to have a conversation after the show, Uh, Even after I'm off at 10 o'clock and we can answer those questions because here are the moving parts. We need to know How much is the coverage? How much is the cash value built up in the policy and how much is the premium the insurance company is asking you to make? We have to figure out is it greater value for you to cash out that policy and just put the money in your pocket or if There's still value in maintaining the policy for your estate Maybe we want to talk about having the kids make the payments they're that the is ones who ultimately fasc- will benefit from it
3: after you pass. You know, uh, I, yeah. all I can tell you is this, uh, uh, Grant, just write this number down so you can call Mike after the show, 905-320-6762. This is moneymike.ca, 905-320-6762. Thank you so much for that question, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys can sort something out after the show. We have another phone call here, Renee from Markham. Renee, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. What is your question?
4: Yes, good morning, uh, uh, I'm 53 years old. I uh, worked for uh, one uh, employer for 13 years, went to another for two years, and I returned to the original one 14 years ago. My original tenure, obviously, was not reinstated. And in my mind, I've been thinking that I'm trying to make up the shortfall by beginning to contribute to my pension uh, at work. I'm just wondering if there is a salary level at which it's a moot point to contribute to pension. Or should I just keep continuing until my retirement?
6: Continue. Continue. No, anytime you can build up a pension, it's it's a good asset to have. It doesn't matter what your income level is. So, hmm. no, continue to contribute. Okay. Thank you very much for that.
3: Are you are you working You're with welcome. a financial advisor right now, Renee? Uh, no, I'm not. You know, you should probably call Mike. I, I made the uh, I made the mistake of not calling him. And he was available to me. He was a friend of mine for so many years, and uh, when I finally worked the courage to make that phone call, everything changed for me. And I think that many of us, uh, you know, we don't we don't have the I mean the drive, or maybe we are afraid. And uh, I th- I think it's important that all of us take the time to to take. To take control of our finances and uh, for me Mike made a huge difference So you can reach him on moneymike.ca or you can call him on 905-320-6762 You know Mike those are some pretty interesting questions that we just got now
6: Yeah, they, they really are and a wide uh, wide range of topics there But you know these are these are the things that happen when over a lifetime of planning for your finances as different uh, questions and, and areas come up and Need to know how to make the right decision.
3: So, you know, we, we were going through a couple of the points here, uh, you know, counting on government yeah. pension, dedicating too many resources for paying off debt, ignoring inflation. Uh, number four is failing to diversify the approach on your retirement income. Talk to me about that.
6: So when I first joined this industry, um, most people that I would run into who were, you know, 15 years out from retirement, most of their money was invested in GICs. I say invested tongue in cheek. Was deposited okay. into GICs. Um, so oftentimes I would sit down with someone, and their idea of diversifying their retirement approach was buying GICs at multiple banks. Um, so you know, thankfully, that world has almost disappeared, and I think um, kids coming up today will likely never touch a GIC in their lifetime. It'll, it'll never be a part of their their finances. But um, you've got to diversify the sources of income so you know we i know we've dedicated an entire show to this before where will my retirement paycheck come from but um it it comes down to having as many of the the potential streams as possible so having government pensions be part of your retirement income if you're lucky enough to have a company pension or a union pension that'll form part of your retirement income investing in RSPs, non-registered investments, tax-free savings accounts, as part of your, your wealth to draw on in retirement. And then some people have rental properties and additional sources of income. So we've got to diversify.
3: You know, folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco show. And Gavin, we, you are next online, but we need to take a short break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And with me right now is my personal financial advisor who makes the services available to you. Uh, you know, Money Mike has been working with me for quite a few years now, helping me redirect my finances. You, you can reach him at moneymike.ca. You can call him after the show at 905. 905- Three two zero six seven six two. Let's go for a short break, and we're going to be talking to Gavin right after the break. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, here Canada's largest automotive radio show, with my personal financial advisor. He is a secret weapon. He turned. He made stones bleed. He gave me hope. That's what Mike did. He gave me hope. He made me believe. He's like the Morpheus of personal finances <laughs> you know
1: you have you had to the believe. blue and the red
3: pill <laughs> and you didn't give me the blue pill it was a red pill <laughs> uh, you yeah. have no comment on that one Mike do you
6: <laughs> as the oracle says they tell you what you need to hear
3: Exactly. So if you need to hear this, you, you, you need to reach out to Mike, moneymike.ca, or you can call him on 905-320-6762 after the show. And if you want to talk to me now, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Now, we have Gavin from Toronto talking about personal finances. Gavin, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. What is your question?
9: Thanks for having me, Greg. No um, No problem. Uh, I've just recently started listening to your show. It uh, matches up with my routine now, and uh, I've really been enjoying it. And Thank you. And now you've got, you. You got uh, Money Mike on, and uh, what you guys were talking about just kind of uh, piqued my interest about my own sort of situation. How uh, old are I you? Got, i got three young kids. I've got a mortgage on my place. I just uh, re-locked in my uh, my mortgage rate uh, in, like, late 2020. And, uh-huh. Uh But then you guys mentioned that... Um, I shouldn't be paying down my mortgage. I should be investing. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. like, what should I be investing in? Like, is it, is it still real estate if I can get my hands on real estate?
3: So, you know, Grant, uh, a question for you. Uh, number one, uh, how old are you?
8: Uh, 42.
3: Okay, excellent. Uh, do you have a financial advisor? Yeah. Okay,
9: when
6: was the last time that you actually <laughs> that, was a very loaded, that was a very loaded, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
9: My, my financial advisor doesn't have a great name like Money Mike, so...
3: <laughs> well, maybe maybe the time has come for you to hire a financial advisor with a good name. So, you know, Mike, you can go ahead and answer his question.
6: Well, you know, the most important thing is you're consi- considering the options to invest. And, and so the simple point I'm trying to make there is, is don't prioritize paying off the mortgage above all other things. You have to do everything simultaneously. And so if you're in a high income tax bracket, making, you know, and if you have extra money and you're trying to decide where to put it, putting that money into RSPs to get the tax refund and then possibly taking the tax refund to pay down the mortgage is going to amplify and accelerate your plan overall. But you need to build investment worth at the same time you're paying down the mortgage. So Amortize your mortgage payment over a reasonable period of time that will get it paid off before retirement, but don't put every dime you have toward it. You have to be building the investment side as well. Now, whether you choose real estate as your investment vehicle or financial instruments for your investment vehicle, everybody's different as to how much time and energy they wanna put into something, managing a business or or having someone do it on their behalf. Pick the path that's gonna work for you, but make sure you've got a, a purpose for the approach you're taking.
3: You know, Gavin, look, man, I was about your age when I made the phone call, and all I can tell you is this. When you are dealing with, okay, let me explain something quickly because the hour is running down very aggressively, and I want to explain this to you the best way that I can as fast as possible. You know, as everybody knows here, I train jiu-jitsu, and most of us are just, you know, we do it as a hobby, as a pastime, we go at the end of the day, but from time to time, you come across a professional jiu-jitsu fighter. And you understand how under-equipped... You are and you have been your entire life and how much danger you happen to be. That's what happened to me when I talked to Mike. There is a lot of, you know, financial advisors and, you know, financial practitioners out there that do it as a hobby. And, you know, they don't take this stuff serious. Mike is a heavyweight. So, Gavin, you need to make that phone call. It's going to change your life. So call him at 905-320-6762. Or you can reach him out at moneymike.ca. Thank you so much for the phone call, Gavin. I really appreciate it. Let's talk to Neil from Cookstown. He wants to talk about investing, Neil. What is your question?
4: Yeah, just quickly about a point that Mike made about uh, paying down the, the mortgage. Uh, it only is like a small amount in the short term, but uh, using that money for an RSP and yeah. it, it can grow over time. But um, one of the things is is that if you're early in your in your mortgage payments, the, by paying down the mortgage now, that uh, it's actually more money than that because a year that saves years of uh, future mortgage payments, and that's guaranteed. That that's uh, a debt that's guaranteed is not going to go away, whereas, as you say, the markets are going to be going up and down over time.
3: Well, I'm going to let Mike answer that one. Answer it quick because we have a few other phone calls coming through, Mike. So thank you so much for that phone call, Neil. So what is your answer, Mike?
6: Well, again, I think we we sort of hit the nail on the head and everybody has their own uh, proclivity or, or what they're focused on. And the word that Neil spoke that told me the truth for him was guaranteed. I'm looking Mm -hmm. to guarantee myself because the stock market goes up and down. So yes, if you pay down the mortgage, you are guaranteed that your um, amount of debt that you're owing will decline and you will save that interest rate in a guaranteed fashion. And that's at two and a half percent. I will put my money on society any day of the week. And that's why I choose to invest in investments, financial instruments that that take advantage of the stock market because the stock market is a reflection of all the businesses that that employ us that produce the goods and services that we consume and as long as you think they're going to continue to operate and employ people and make money they will shame the mortgage rate that you are paying and so that's, that's, a, that, that's the money.
3: answer that i was looking for man you know you just yeah. hit it out of the park with that well let's talk to the, the last caller of the hour ryan from niagara falls ryan what is your question to money mike Is Ryan there? Hi guys. Are you here?
2: Yeah.
8: Yeah, I just bought a house and I'm putting uh, a lot of my uh, uh, money towards renovations. I'm not sure if that's something that I should just be
9: doing because I'm planning on reselling it. I'm not sure if that's the best way to do things. You know what I mean?
6: Well, you're talking about buying a house that needs to be fixed up so you can sell it for more, right? So generally speaking, as long as you're putting that money into the house in ways that are going to increase the value greater than the amount of money it costs to do the work, then it makes sense to do. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. That was was an easy one to answer. Brian, thank you so much for the phone call. You know, that was a a pretty active show there, Mike, that I'm surprised and Slacker Nation is coming out in herds and rows asking all the important questions.
6: This has got to be a record. The first time I have had so little of of a prepared topic of seven measly little points, and we got through four of them. Uh, well, maybe
3: <laughs> we should have part two uh, the next people. time that you are on air. But, uh, you know, Mike, I, um, I really want to talk to you about... Uh, next time you're on air, we're going to finish yeah. those points, if, if callers allow us to. Um, I want you to talk to me about... Uh, people call it life insurance. I call it love insurance. Um, you know, if you, if you want to leave money for people that you love, what is the best way of doing it? You know, when, if something happens to you, uh, you, you want to leave some money out for some of your loved ones. Uh, you know, some of the vehicles that are available to you through you that can, aff- can be offered to the public. I want you to talk about that. But folks, if you want to reach Money Mike, you can call him after the show at moneymike.ca or uh, give him a shout at 905 320 6762 Money Mike. Dude, that was amazing, man. Thank you so much for joining the show.
6: Pleasure as always. Have a great morning, gentlemen.
3: Thank you. I'll call you after, okay? Uh, folks, uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And that was Money Mike. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And the phone lines are open. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. You can talk to me about whatever you want to talk about. The lines are open. Once again, 416-870-1050. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. It-
1: It is time for Greg
2: Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco show? Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest From the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco. Trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dowstar. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Ray.
3: is the phone number and the lines are open. What a crazy hour that was. This is your hour. This is the hour that you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Are you watching the fight tonight, uh, Ben?
0: Um, We'll see. We'll see. I, it, it is a good bout between olivier and and Poirier, so we'll see if I can tune in. Obviously, I won't pay for it. I'll find a stream illegally. Because <laughs> that's, uh, <great. laughs> that's the uh, we do not condemn streaming <laughs>
3: streaming free fights. No, man. You know, guys, guys are going to duke it out. They're gonna beat the crap out of each other. At least give them the money.
0: I can't, oh, I'm no, not in man. the financial bracket where I can be paying for pay-per-views every weekend, unfortunately. So.
3: Oh, that's a, that's a big fight. That's a big fight going on tonight. It's probably one of the most exciting fights for anyone that is into UFC and MMA. It's one of the most exciting fights that we, we've had in a very, very, very long time. I mean, Poirier is a powerhouse, and Oliveira is quite possibly one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in the, in the UFC right now. Um, that is going to be an interesting fight interesting fight. But uh, we'll see what happens. Folks, if, you, um, if you're if you looking at buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, renting a car, if you want to trade in a vehicle and you have a question about anything related to the car industry, call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Or if you have something in your mind and you want to get it off your chest, you know, I use the show as my therapy every single week I come to you. With all sorts of different things that are crowding my mind. The last few weeks has been my 50th birthday, that I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over it. All I know is that I, 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 I find a renewed sense of direction. And I'm going to try to just be a better person. <laughs> I know, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. And whenever you try to please everyone, it's just, it's tough. But, you know, a new sense of direction is, is, is what, I, what I decided that I'm going to take my, the rest of my life forward to, just to be a man of good. And it's hard, but I try because we make mistakes all the time. But if you have something on your mind, talk to me. Is there somebody that's bothering you? Is the government bothering you? Talk to me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Do you hate the 403? That it doesn't matter what time of the day, it's just with people going places, call me 416 <laughs> 1050
0: <guys>. What's that? <laughs> What's Sorry, you've got me, you've got me on a t- no, the 403 of all places. Like, what about the 401? Like... Uh, the 40 the 401 <laughs> I take, is hell. I take the 403 in a heartbeat. <laughs> no,
3: man, the 401 is a the 403 is a disaster yesterday. Uh, we had rows at, uh, at my jiu-jitsu school, Ebo in, in Mississauga. So I had to go and pick up my son uh, from uh, 403 and, and Highway 10, which is another disaster. You know, I had to go there on the 403 and come back on the 403, and that added another hour and a half to my commute. Where are all these people going? Don't you have a home? Stay home. <laughs> Let's talk to John. In Brampton. John, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning?
8: I just want to tell you, I listened to you two weeks ago. I listened to you every week, actually. But two weeks ago, you were talking about Mr. Dressup in Ottawa and how he's got this country on a fast track to becoming a third world country. And I agree with you. It's just more people should. I don't know who voted for him. I know I didn't.
3: Uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, Mr. Dressup, uh, is a, uh, uh, you know, as I, I, I lovingly call him, you know, Comrade Trudeau. He is something else, man. He is something else. You know, we, we rag on a dealership because somebody gets charged an extended warranty that they didn't like it. The whole country goes up in flames. Like, how dare you, you know, dealerships charging this. And then we have this Comrade Trudeau just committing fraud three, four, five times is the only Canadian prime minister that's been in in front of the ethics committee four times now, and we keep re-electing this clown. I don't understand it. This is beyond my level of comprehension. I don't get it. But you know, every time I talk about politics on the show, I get into trouble. So, you know, John, I, I feel for you, my brother. I feel for you, and I know exactly what you're saying. Well, at some point, I'm going to hope that all the 20-somethings that are electing this person are going to turn 40, and, you know, the, the, the brain is going to be fully developed at the time, and we're going to make the wiser choices, and you are going to see that maybe the slide into socialism uh, is not a good place to go. I don't know. It's, it's, go it's ahead. It's like
8: you've got this fast track to electric vehicles. Look around. Look at the number of vehicles. Look at the, the – in North America – the automotive vehicles, the, whether they be trucks or cars, is the whole economy. You eliminate you eliminate gas-driven vehicles, a lot of people are going to be out of work. And, and, and nobody talks about that as well as the cost. How much is it going to cost? I mean, we already have a big deficit. Is, is it going to get that much bigger? Your grandkids, your great-grandkids will be paying it off.
3: Well... Listen, it's it's a politically astute thing to to talk about the environment without giving any solution about where is the tax infrastructure going to be replaced. You know, where is the tax and the revenue coming from, folks? Somebody is going to pay for it. Somebody has to pay for this. And guess what? It's going to be the Canadian middle class that's getting squeezed out of every single take home dollar. You know, I discussed this a couple of weeks ago when I said to you, if you look at the amount of taxes, if you're working for a company and you're just a regular folk listen to the show and you look at your taxes for last year, the chances are that you paid about four to six months of your annual income to the government. So you are literally 50% away of working for the government. Uh, this oh, is beyond me. I don't, I don't understand well, this, man. Well, it's, it's, it's
8: ridiculous. I mean, there isn't enough money to pay for the infrastructure that's going to be needed in the residential neighborhoods. It's, it's, it's just a joke. And, uh, and, well, the world's going to stop one day. And, uh, But I really appreciate you and Mike. I mean, there's a lot of very unsophisticated people out there buying cars, servicing cars. And, and investing money that are I say unsophisticated and we need more people like yourself
3: well thank you I really appreciate that uh, that compliment John thank you for calling the show let's talk to Chris in Guelph Ontario Chris how can the slacker make your life better this morning
9: Greg thanks for taking my call uh, no quick, problem, question man. For you. quick question yes. for you I'm uh, my wife and I are looking at a larger uh, SUV and if we say the let's for round numbers, we'll say the fifty thousand dollars range. Okay. What What I'm worried about is to pay for something at fifty k. I'm probably financing six seven years, and I'm trying to think what I'm going to have to sell after six or seven years. Gas or hybrid. Right mm. now, I know that the hybrid options. Um, can I mention like product names? Yeah, on, of course, of course, of course. Go ahead. Okay. Um, like a Highlander or a Sienna from Toyota, yep. uh, Kia and Hyundai both have like three row. They're smaller though. I, I think yep. the Sorrento, I can't remember what the other one's called. Um, but in that price point and then everybody else, like the, the new Pathfinder, the new QX60, those type of vehicles being only gas, I, I have no problem with the vehicle. I like how they look. I'm just wondering in 7 years am I going to be having the proverbial you know albatross the anchor that you can't sell because everything that you buy is a hybrid. I just appreciate your thoughts on
3: that. Well, you know, that's an interesting question, Chris, and I, I value that. Um, you know, if you were to look at our industry back 10, 15 years ago when they said that 20% of the vehicles being sold were going to be electric, and that's not the case, the reality is this, that uh, internal combustion engines still are the main source of transportation for the world, and that I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon. Because the moment people start realizing that uh, the the task infrastructure that is coming through that industry uh, pays for a lot of the things that we enjoy today as a society is, is the moment that people are going to say, eh, you know, maybe that's not the case. Maybe we should continue to support this industry that has become so much more efficient these days. Saying that the um I think that if the government keeps increasing the taxes that uh, we have to pay for driving internal combustion engines, like for example, the carbon tax has come in um, the second installment of the carbon tax is coming due in the uh, sorry January 2022, is going to increase gas prices to to levels that we have never seen before, so that's why buying high efficiency vehicles has never been as important as it, as it is today now. Do I prefer hybrid technology over electric te- technology a hundred percent of the time? If I'm given the choice of buying an electric car or a hybrid car, I will, I will take a hybrid. But saying that, the premium that you have to pay for a hybrid vehicle is uh, right now still doesn't justify the savings. So I would not hesitate in buying just a regular vehicle, Chris. I mean, right now we're still too early, and I know that. Uh, comrade trudeau said that he wants to be out of electric cars by 2035 yeah right we don't have the infrastructure to do it chris you know it was a it was my very good friend uh, don Romano, who said here on the show he's the president of hyundai and genesis canada he says what would happen if you have everything electric okay just everything electric and you go to one of those condo condominium buildings downtown with 4,000 people living in them, with 4,000 cars that are going to have to be plugged in overnight into the grid and suck up all the energy that's coming into the city. Sorry, man. I don't see that happening any time soon. And I know that everyone has an idea of this green planet and so on, but we have removed practicality out of the whole thought process. Um, my suggestions to you, if you're looking at uh, SUVs and vans, uh, stick with your your best product. Stick with the Highlander. Stick with the Pilot. St- stick with the Nissan Pathfinder. Stick with the Hyundai Palisade. And if you're going hybrid, Toyota right now. Toyota and Hyundai are the, are the biggest players. They, they are the owners of that game. Does that answer your question, Chris?
9: It does really well. Thank you so
3: much. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate you value my opinion. And uh, if you have a question for me, call me 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And whatever is on your mind, there are no taboo topics here. I will talk to you about everything. But there is one disclaimer that I need to make. Just like you, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to figure things out as I go along. And sometimes I make mistakes. As it pertains to the car industry, I have been in the industry for almost 30 years now, so I have a pretty good idea what is a mistake and what isn't. Uh, you may disagree with me, which is fine, um, but after being involved in about 50,000 transactions, I know a thing or two about buying and selling a vehicle. So on that, you should most definitely take my advice. As, as it pertains to everything else, <laughs> I'm just like you. You know, some of you may think that what I do here on the show is condescending. You know, condescending is to think that you are better than everybody else. <laughs> no, I am the most flawed person that I know. I make mistakes more than anyone that I know anyways. So just take it for what it is. It's an opinion of someone that is gliding through life just like you are trying to figure things out. So if you go to the show, let's exchange those ideas. Let's have a intellectual sparring on this and hopefully we can arrive to some sort of consensus. Let's talk to John in Mississauga. John, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show and how can I make your life better this morning?
11: (laughs) Well, Craig, I just wanted to know, uh, do all these new cars nowadays, do they come with automatic high beam that need to blind you when you're driving? it's, It's unbelievable how many high beams that I'm driving into every day. Like I just want to know if that's something that's
3: new in No, the past, I think or... that the I think planet Earth comes equipped with people that need to get slapped. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
11: I uh, I, yeah.
3: I know exactly I what you mean, man. When I was living up on at the farm in Caswick I, uh, you know, when you go down this, uh, the country roads, it, it was unbelievable the number of times that I had to flick my high beams on and off just to let people know that, like, come on, man, I can barely see the lines going down the road. Don't make it more difficult for me. And only then, sometimes when people turn the, the high beams off, but many people, John, are simply just not aware.
11: Oh, and I find it just worse and worse in the last five years. Like, I mean, I'm older than you, and you're not a senior, you're a mature adult. That's what someone told me once. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
3: I would like to think that I'm 18 with 32 years of experience.
11: Yes. Yes. Now, the other question I have is, do, do you notice a lot of people making U-turns out of, in the middle of nowhere? Like, I, if um, I, I, I miss Mississauga, Brampton. They just make U-turns, like, just stop traffic and make U-turns. And this is, this is, I, I just find this is a lot of new drivers. I see them and it's, A lot of younger people that just have no thoughts about the rules on the road or anyone else.
3: You know, I, I, I hear you, and thank you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate that. You know what I have found more than anything is that I don't think that people understand That there is a language that we all speak when we are driving a vehicle, you know, you put the little signal on, you know, your right side flicker goes click, 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 click. I know that you turn in that direction. Then you put the left clicker on click, 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 click. I know that you go in that direction so that you're communicating to me your future actions, your your future movements. So that way I can be safe and anticipate your communication. I feel that so many people are so unbelievably oblivious to what's happening on the road that they just arbitrarily turn left, turn right, make a U-turn, as you said before, without any consideration to the fact that there is somebody behind them that is waiting for some sort of indication of what you're going to do. That is driving me nuts these days. And you know, ever since my son got slammed with a ticket for having his phone in his hand, I have become more aware of just looking at people on their phone while I'm driving. Folks, put the goddamn phone down. It's an epidemic. It's truly an epidemic. Just remember that you're driving a 3 to 10,000 pound projectile at 100 kilometers an hour and you are not keeping your eye on the on with, where the car is going. You know how insane that is? You are responsible for keeping everyone around you safe. And by you driving something at high rates of speeds and not looking at the road that is ahead of you, it's, 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 it's maddening to me. Put the phone down. Let's talk to Nelson in Oakville. Nelson, uh, how can the slacker number one make your life better this morning?
10: Well... Uh, Unfortunately, I live in the same general vicinity as you do, and my three-year-old Honda Ridgeline uh, got stolen, and I have a six-year extended warranty. Do you think uh, Honda should honor the warranty if I buy another Ridgeline, or should I be looking at your Nissan Frontier?
3: Um, I don't think that uh, you're going to honor the warranty on your next one, but I do think that uh, most car manufacturers, if you bought original OEM product, they will give you a prorated um, refund for the amount of the warranty that you didn't use. I mean, that's pretty standard procedure in, uh, in the car industry. Have you had problems with that?
10: Uh, uh, no, I haven't had any problem at all, but uh, I think the reality is, I, I in three years, I did 60,000 kilometers, so for all intents and purposes, I haven't used the extended warranty.
3: Yeah, you should be able to get a refund for the prorated amount uh, that you haven't used. Uh, at least that's the way that it is with uh, with Nissan and with Hyundai. I don't know so much about Honda, but I will take somebody's guidance on that. Uh, you know, the Ridgeline is a beautiful vehicle, but uh, this goes uh, it touches on something that Ben and I were talking about earlier uh, early on today. You know, you should probably call me, Nelson, after the show. You can call me. You have my phone number, maybe, um, and uh, I may be able to guide you into the right direction for you to get your money back on the prorated amount of your extended warrant. And if you're looking at a Pathfinder, you can also come and see me in Oakville. Where do you live, Nelson? Uh,
10: Prince, Prince Michael in Dundas.
3: Oh, we're neighbors. That's
10: what I said, man. That's the neighborhood. <laughs> They're stealing
12: cars.
3: <laughs> yeah, they are stealing cars. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know where it was posted the other day, but they were talking about the, the, the top 10 most stolen vehicles in Toronto this year. And uh, we're going to discuss after after the break. But call me after the show, Nelson, and I might be able to uh, point you into, into the right direction. Um, Walter and Gino, please stay on the line. We're going to take a very, very short break and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Walter and Gino. And if you have anything to say this morning, call me 416-870-1050 is the phone number. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, but this hour is your hour. I will talk about whatever is on your mind. If something's bugging you, if something that you want to share, call me 416-870-1050 870-1050 is the phone number, and the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And guess what? I live there. I have no life. Just, if you come and see me, don't show up empty-handed. Bring me a coffee. That is if, if it's before 12 p.m. Uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. Uh, if you have something on your mind and you want to just... Get it out of there. Call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. There are no taboo topics. We talk about whatever's on your mind. This is, this is the, the hour of the grievances. Here is where Toronto and the GTA comes to complain about anything. I will listen to you. I may not agree with you, but I will listen to you. If your wife doesn't listen to you, if your husband refuses to listen to you, Call me, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. And believe it or not, we still have some product available. So come and get yours before it's too late. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, the brand new, all new Infinity QX60, which is the newest luxury SUV in the market. So if you're looking at uh, uh, Audi Q7, if you're looking at Acura, MDX, you need to make it down to Oakville Infinity and see the brand new QX60. Punch it in on your Google search, and you are going to see sexiness. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Let's talk to Walter in Toronto. Walter, what's on your mind?
1: Talk to me, brother. Hey, how are you, Greg? Nice to talk to you again.
3: It's good to talk to you.
1: Today you said call in about anything, so I I did. What are we going to do? About all these irresponsible dog owners who run their dogs off leash in city parks. Uh, It's it's an epidemic. I I had my winter jacket last year, last January. A dog actually bit my jacket, and luckily I had my jacket on because he would have bit my rear end if I didn't. And I've been calling the city. I've been sending in pictures of. Of dog owners, uh, dogs off leash, license plates nothing happens nothing I even called the John Tory's office three times and they can never take care of a and I'm a dog owner I'm a dog lover I, but I put my dog on a leash. Uh, you know you go 40 in a 30 the camera's gonna take a picture and you're gonna pay. I'm providing the city with all this evidence no one's getting fined. I'm telling you it's just a matter of time for some poor kid gets mauled. I know yeah, this is track, but what, well, there, what do you, there what is do you a specific
3: think? mindset, Walter. There's a specific mindset with all those people that let their dog off leash in uh, in city parks. Now, there there are some parks that are off leash parks, and you know, as a as a dog lover myself, and I have a ferocious little beast here in my house who yeah. protects my realm. Uh, for those of you that follow me on social media, you know that I'm talking about the mighty Marcus. Right. And uh, I I refuse to take him to uh, dog parks because, you know, all these people are letting their crazy aggressive dogs just go in there. Yeah, and and Marcus is a snack size. Yeah, (laughs) I know.
1: They're dangerous to dog parks, but but a city park isn't the answer either.
3: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I mean, look. it's the same thing. there is a there is a specific mindset and, and, and until people start becoming self-aware and, and become conscientious and all this virtuous signal and idiots uh, that uh, that are that refuse to hurt people's feelings, like, come on, man, the I see people walking around with their dogs all the time. I mean, last year, when I was living in, on, here on wheat boom drive in, in Oakville, there was a uh, there was a soccer field uh, in which some people had some massive dogs that would let them off leash on a city park, and they, you know, one of them, uh, one day, they just saw Marcus. They saw a squirrel because Mike Marcus is the size <laughs> of a squirrel, and they took a beeline towards Marcus. It's like, dude, one shake and my dog is gone. And so I said to the guy,
1: to "Like, why should you have to live like that with with your pet? Like that's that's insane."
3: It is, but I I remember saying to the couple, and I know that many many people won't like this. I said, look, next time this happened, I will literally punch you. You understand? (laughs) And, you know, for those of you that know me, I'm not the friendliest looking character. So uh, I think that that resonated, and I never saw the dogs off leech after that. But, uh, you know, folks, can you please be nice? Just be conscientious. If you have a big dog, don't let them off leech. You know, one of these days, the dog is gonna smell something. You gotta remember that this these guys are wolves, man. <laughs> there is a wolf inside, and I can tell you that it doesn't matter how docile and and awesome and cute your dog is. The moment that dog sees danger approaching, the moment that sees threat to the owner and the person that owns this beast, the dog is gonna turn itself into a into an animal, and uh, exactly. you don't you don't wanna be there when that happens. But thank you so much for the phone call, uh, Walter. I really appreciate it. Um, I think that we have another caller here, um, Gino from Toronto, Gino,
11: how you doing, do You calling the
3: Carrasco show, what's on your mind?
5: How you doing my man, listen, I love your show, you're doing a great job, it's a great day, got my third shot, no disrespect to Walter, I love him, but it's a car show, not a dog show, anyway, let's move on, <laughs> okay. I got a client that needs a car, okay, Okay. her Honda Accord, she just took it in today, got this check engine light, they gave her the routine, you need new catalytics, you need new sensors, this, that, three grand later, she doesn't want to spend the money. Tell me what okay. you've got to do to get her into a car at Oakville because I've told her to go to these other people, starts with a T, ends with an A, very arrogant people. They want to sell her a three-year-old car with 30 k for the same price as new. I won't deal with well, those people. Tell me how to get her to Oakville and who to talk to.
3: Well, look at it this way. I don't think that, uh, although I sympathize with you, I don't, I don't have to agree with it. And uh, Toyota has earned the right to be arrogant because they make some pretty goddamn good product. Now, here's the thing, Gino. that's uh, garbage. What's that? They make
5: lousy cars. They're overrated.
3: Ah, uh, well, are you in the industry? No.
5: But I drive okay, a Okay. So
3: car. you see, listen, Gino, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you, man. I understand what you're saying. There's no feeling these cars. There's
5: no emotion. There's no, style. I, I don't disagree like with Stevie you. Cars. It's like driving so an appliance. I get it.
3: I get it. I, they have the aerodynamics of a piano. They have the, uh, the sex appeal of an egg. But anyways, that, we can go down that road. The reality is that in my opinion, and, in, and, and it's my humble professional opinion, Toyota makes good cars and that they've earned that reputation saying that. Today is a really tough time for buyers because it's a seller's market. We have no cars. Prices are going through the roof. If you're looking for a vehicle right now and you're waiting another two or three months, you're crazy. You're going to be paying more than it is today. Um, What year is your friend's car? 2014, Accord Touring EX, fully loaded. How many kilometers does it have? 330,000. Okay, so that that car is is done. Okay, let's get her in a car. Who do I talk to? Okay, so... Send it to send it to see me. I'll I'll deal with she these wants people an personally. SUV
5: and she'd like a hybrid. Do you guys make hybrids?
3: No, we don't. So then you're in the wrong place.
5: <laughs> well, what do you make that doesn't burn a lot of gas?
3: Uh, everything burns gas man come on you know everything burns gas but I mean you gotta remember that internal combustion engines have become so efficient these days okay. that you cannot compare I mean look at a Nissan Rogue yep. is one of the most fuel-efficient mid-size SUVs in the in the country it's okay. not a hybrid okay. but it's, it, it could very well be so send it to see me if we don't have what she's looking for we'll send it somewhere else
5: listen listen very carefully I'm gonna send her there on Monday it's her day off her name is Charity listen very carefully Charity is going to fix your back, and you won't <laughs> wait six months. Okay? Why? Is she a what? chiropractor? No, she's better than a chiropractor. She works on CFL players. This girl is in top demand, and she will fix your back if you get her into a car. I guarantee you, you will walk straighter than an
3: arrow, bro. My, my the, but my, my my back is not broken. Oh the only it is. thing that broke my back it. was divorce court, Gino. Come on, man.
11: No, 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 no.
5: <laughs> Listen, you gotta get some South Asian touch and you're gonna get it good because you get her into a car and your back will never feel better. And we'll see you on Monday. What time you get in? <laughs> I'm
3: I'm there early, man. I'm there at eight o'clock okay. in the morning. Thank you, so the th- Thank you so much for the phone call, Gino. Thank you, Gino Wow, that was <laughs> That was intense, <laughs> folks. If you have something to say, call me 416 870 1050 is the phone number. You are listening to the great Carrasco show. Let's have Joe from Stony Creek. Joe, how can Carrasco make your life better this morning?
12: Uh, hi, Mr. Carrasco. I'm just curious, all these ads and these things about, um, Financing, you get up to fifty
3: thousand dollars, and people have bad credit and stuff like that. Do you believe in that kind of stuff? Of course not. They're trying to get you in, slam you into a high rate, uh, you know, loan that you're going to have to mortgage your left uh, gonad in order for you to get approved, and uh, pr- promise them your firstborn. That's a terrible thing. If you look look at it this way, um, in Canada. Uh, subprime issues are a big problem. There's a lot of people with bad credit, and that uh, they always, you know, shame always comes with, you know, you, you ruin your credit, you know, you're going through a bankruptcy, you go through a you know, consumer proposal, and next thing you know, you're like a third-class citizen. Not even a second-class citizen, but a third-class citizen. And then these folks are shamed into uh, going into this loan sharks so that you see advertising everywhere, and then you perpetuate the cycle. The best thing to do, Joe, is that if you do have some bruises, if you have some blemishes on your on your credit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Go to a new car dealership. And I'll tell you why. Because a new car dealership is held to different standards. So these people work with all the lenders that all the subprime lenders will use anyways, except that they are more, they, they're obligated to provide you with an ethical environment so they have a lot more to lose so don't make the mistake of falling for this like you know you know everybody gets approved we'll give you up to fifty thousand dollars regardless of how bad your credit is sure no problem You know, they come and go all the time and you know, there is so many people that keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. The only thing that I advise you is that it, you know, for example, if you come and see me, I have two credit experts at the store. We look at your situation. We have a discussion with the lenders. We provide you some options and that's how you get out of a bad credit situation because if you go to these subprime lenders, then you are literally perpetuating the same cycle that got you there in the first place. What do you think? I I agree with you, but I want to give you an example. I have a friend of mine
12: that is, uh, his credit's not too great. He's been through a couple of dealerships and he wants to trade in his vehicle, but he has too much negative equity in his vehicle to trade in, to trade up.
3: Okay, say that again. I don't think I i, I don't think I got what you just said. You have a friend, you know, between quotation marks, a friend. Everybody has a friend. Just like the guy before from Gino, he has a friend that will fix my back. What is your friend?
12: Okay, my friend has an issue going to these dealers and asking to trade his vehicle when he still owes negative equity on the vehicle. So
3: okay, those, okay.
12: they appraise his vehicle and they said, this is what we want. This is what we're going to give you. But you have too much negative equity to trade up and to get yourself into another vehicle.
3: Okay.
12: <laughs> he wants to do it, but he's been, he tried a few times, but he still doesn't have any luck to get that vehicle done.
3: Okay, well, that, that's a bit of a problem right there, Joe, because whenever you keep going to, in, in, the, in our industry, we have something that is called the hawk alert. Hawk alert is somebody that continues to look for credit. So if your friend has gone to more than three dealerships and they have gotten a flat no to go to a fourth one, essentially is going to guarantee that no one is going to look at him or her for the next two years. Because this, whenever you go to one of those places and they check your credit, they don't check your credit or they they don't send that application to one lending institution. They send it to 10. So next thing you know, you have 50 inquiries on your credit and they're all negative. What do you think is going to happen? they are going to decline you. So your, your best, the best thing to do, Joe, is send them to see me, uh, send them to see me at Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity. I'll get one of my credit experts to do an, an analysis on what needs to be done to get your friend out of the hole. So for that, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Joe, thank you so much for the phone call. I really appreciate it. Now, we are going to take a short break, folks, and Jim from Mississauga and your Audi A6, don't go anywhere um, because you're next. We, um, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and I'm there every day except Tuesdays. I have no life. Bring me a coffee if it's before 12 p.m. After 12 p.m., bring me a um, chamomile tea. I, I, I'm trying to cut down on my caffeine intake. As you can see, I don't need any more caffeine. I'm high on life. And although many of you may think that I, uh, I, I abuse other substances, I actually don't. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. I wish I could do weed, but I'm too paranoid. I smoke some weed and I think that everybody hates me. It doesn't feel good. But if you have something to say, call me 416-870-1050 is the phone number. We'll be right back after the break. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show on TSN 1050. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show with the absolute most eclectic taste in music from Capleton to Metallica from Justin Bieber to Chopin (laughs) you're not gonna find this anywhere else the show is brought to you by what's that Ben we
0: appeal to everybody
3: (laughs) you know a friend to everyone is a friend to none so no I don't have yeah I'm okay with having a few um, non friends if you will but, uh, you know, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And uh, we take what we do very seriously at these two stores. Um, in October, we finished number one in Ontario, which is a very, very impos- almost impossible feat by a store in a little town like my beautiful Oakville. Um, but uh, people are coming from all over southern Ontario to deal with us simply because of what they hear on the show. Uh, Slacker Nation supports wherever I happen to be working at and uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity's been my home for the last two and a half years. And uh, from time to time, I take over new stores and that happens, it's just called career progression or uh, the end of a contract and whatnot. But I can tell you this, the last two and a half years, uh, amidst the biggest pandemic that we've seen in modern age, uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity are enjoying the two most successful uh, two and a half years that the company has had in almost 30 years. And that's not an accident. I owe that all to the staff that work at the store, whether it's sales, service, parts, accounting, you name it. I, grow, I work with an amazing group of people. So if you're looking at buying a vehicle and you, you know, before you make any automotive decision, come and see me. I'll steer you in the right direction. And if I don't have what you're looking for, I'll tell you. But let's talk to Jim in Mississauga. Jim, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How can I help? Well, uh, I do love the Infiniti cars.
10: Uh, the, is it the the G uh, the, or the Q35? Or may um, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm calling today. Um, I'm interested in uh, an Audi. I'm just getting wondering. Do you think your thoughts on uh, the A6? Uh, it's a used one. It's uh, uh, low
9: kilometers. Uh, what are your thoughts?
3: What year is it? Uh, I, be-
11: I believe it's uh, 2019, 2019, I believe, or 20.
3: Oh, yeah. You, you really can't go wrong with that thing. The A6 is an absolute beast. It's an absolute beast. Yeah, you, you will love that car. I have had a few over the years and, uh, I really enjoy the new looks, the new performance, the, the new, uh, the new signature series that you have from, uh, from Audi. So you, you really can't go wrong. I mean, it all depends what you're looking for, right? <laughs> um, you know, finance it, make sure that you get yourself an extended warranty no matter what you do. Uh, and you're going to save yourself some headache. But no, I, I have absolutely nothing bad to say about the Audi A6.
11: So even, does that answer even, uh, your question? Even if it's two years old,
3: it's no, no big deal. No, 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 no. I mean, if you had, if, if you if you buy a three-year-old car with 180,000 kilometers, I'd say be careful. But uh, you say that it's got low kilometers. How many kilometers does it have? Fit, uh, low fifties. Okay. Yeah. No, that that vehicle is virtually new. So just make sure, like I said to you before, that you get your Car Carfax that has been in no accidents, that has been serviced at an Audi store, because that will add to the value. And and for the love of whatever is dear to you, and the uh, and the influence that this show may have in your life, get yourself an Audi extended warranty. It's so so important that you do this. Um, I couldn't possibly emphasize that enough. But congratulations for putting yourself in a position in which you can afford an audi a6 and enjoy it man don't don't feel guilty about it just go buy it and enjoy it okay
10: thank you sir for your advice and i uh, love you show uh and quickly before i let you go uh, your comment about the dog uh, i had a similar experience and uh you made me laugh this morning that's what spurred on my phone call but uh <laughs> i appreciate your honesty and uh yeah it's uh, it's uh, very uh enlightening and very refreshing
3: Thank you so much for the phone call, Jim. I really appreciate you. Have an amazing Christmas season with you and your family. Let's talk to Rob in Burlington. Rob from Burlington, how can the slacker make your life better this morning? Hey, what's going on, slacker? <laughs> oh, you know, trying to keep it all together, man. It's tough these days. I appreciate
8: it. Listen, I'm in I'm in your neck of the woods, but uh, looking to make a move from gas to electric. We're uh, the wife's going back to work in the new year. We live in uh, in Burlington. Unfortunately, her office East End of Toronto, so round trip one twenty one thirty kilometers I don't want to be giving up organs to afford gas in the new year so thinking of electric uh, wondering your thoughts Tesla, new Mustang Mach-E, wait for the Ford the hybrid or the Ford electric 150 uh, what's out there, what do you like, what do you not like?
3: How many kilometers is a round trip?
8: Uh, about sixty one way so one twenty one thirty
3: round trip. Get yourself a leaf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, a lot of people forget that the Nissan Leaf was number one, the first fully electric vehicle on the planet. <laughs> number two is probably the most affordable one in the marketplace. So you know, you're not going to have to sacrifice uh, your gonads to be able to afford it, and uh, you know, you can still put yourself on a list to get one. So I, I think that either that or the electric Kona, the Hyundai Kona, uh, if if you're looking at saving money and going electric. I don't know what happened there, but uh, uh, if you um, is uh, is Rob still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Sorry. Hey, Robbie, I don't you know, know, know what happened there, know. but uh, we we had uh, the Gramblings uh, from Tesla trying to mess around with my uh, with my <laughs> equipment here. But uh, those are probably the two best vehicles that are available to you out there. They're not as glamorous as, as everything else is, but uh, they will do the job. And if you're only driving 120 kilometers round trip, that may be the route to go.
8: Okay, and outside outside of the personal bias, if you had to go one of the other ones, are you a fan of Tesla?
3: Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Tesla and I'll tell you why. Because you pay for a lot of the hype. Um, the uh, If you have the money to spare, sure, they're really cool cars. I mean, one of my business managers has one. It, uh, I love that thing, man. You get in and it's like a spaceship. But the question is whether you need to spend sixty or $70,000. And you know, it's funny that you made that comment, Rob. Uh, because I, I, I try to keep the, the show pretty objective. And uh, just because I say that the Nissan has a Leaf, it you know, and we sell them, uh, you, it may come across as biased. But no, man, I, I think that the Nissan Leaf, the Hyundai Kona uh, are probably the best values in the market from when it comes to electric vehicles. Um, but that has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, we you can get one at my store. You can buy them from anywhere, really. Um, you know, Tesla, uh, I, I have a I have a bone to pick with Tesla. Uh, for for several reasons, and I may talk about that next week. But uh, no, I don't think that they're worth the money. I think that there will be some other players coming down the pipeline that uh, are going to be uh, are going to be offering a much better value proposition on the electric um, in the electric realm. So hopefully, my um, my answer, you know, helped you there, Rob. And uh, if you want to call me afterwards, I'm at the store. I, I live at that place. And and good luck with your shopping. Okay.
8: Appreciate it. Thanks very
3: much for the time. Thanks, Robbie. Wow. Those were three hours, Ben, three straight hours of stream of consciousness in conversation with one of my favorite places on the planet, the GTA. There are so many good people here. And uh, if I can can say something, if I can advise someone and, and change one life every single Saturday morning, my job is done. That's the reason why this show is here and it has been on air for about 13 years. Now, if you are looking for any advice when it comes to automotive, which is the advice that you should most definitely take, I happen to live at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity right now, and uh, I'm always there except on Tuesdays, and um, we still have some vehicles left. Um, Expect to be told the truth. Um, a lot of people don't like to hear it everybody wants to hear it but never you know not a lot of people will accept it And on that basis alone I think it's important that you have a thick skin when you come and see me because I may tell you something that you don't want to hear remember this cars are a waste of money don't waste your money if you don't have to and uh, but if you need to get the proper advice you owe it to yourself to come and see me before you make a car buying decision folks in the car industry realm There are two very safe places, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and I think it's important you recognize that there is something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com.
1: It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots,
7: roll out!